where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. We are reading this morning from the Gospel of Luke. We are reading uh, about a time after Jesus was born, when he was still an infant. It's one of the few stories that we have from Jesus' infanthood or childhood. The Gospel of, the Luke, is, of Luke is the one that has uh, the shepherds and the angels. And so it's after that that Mary and Joseph uh, take Jesus to the temple. And we will hear uh, how that goes for them this morning. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to, prevent, to present him to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, God, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about Jesus. And then Simeon blessed them, too. And he said to the mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And he will be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your soul also. And there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to who all were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. May that be a word of God for us today. We are beginning a uh, sermon series this week on uh, words, or we might even say it's more like big Christian words or things that we don't talk about and we have a hard time understanding. So over the next five weeks, we will be talking about things like salvation and sin and the apocalypse. And first, today, we are delving into this idea of Christ or the Messiah 
And we started to hear some of those questions explored in the book, Sarah's Two Nativities. The question of who is Jesus is the most pressing question for the gospel writers. And they spend a lot of their time showing that Jesus is the Christ. And so we have these stories, like the one that we read this morning from Luke. We have uh, the story that we read on Christmas Eve, where John says that Jesus was the word in the beginning before anything was made. And then we have the story like uh, this one from Matthew, uh, which also appears in Luke and Mark. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And the disciples said, some say John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed it. There's a lot happening in those kinds of stories. We see that many people are wondering who Jesus is and that the options range from the second coming of John the Baptist to Elijah to a prophet. And then there are those who don't believe that Jesus was anything other than a wandering teacher or an anti-establishment zealot. The question, who do you say I am, continues to get a lot of attention in secular settings and religious ones, and it's true for a couple reasons, I think. One of the reasons that we ask this question, and we have to ask it, is because Christianity has had such a strong link to colonization. Once Christianity became the national religion of Rome in 380, it spread, and it spread not just through churches, but through empires. And so when a religion becomes associated with the government, it prompts a lot of national attention. And the question of its truth becomes important not just spiritually, but for safety and security. From a spiritual perspective, we have to ask this question because Christianity makes a particular claim about who Jesus is. For Christians, Jesus is more than a prophet or a teacher. Jesus is God in flesh. The claim of the Incarnation puts more emphasis on Jesus himself as Christ than we might see in other traditions where Jesus is a prophet or a teacher, someone who points the way to God but isn't in God or God in him in the same way. And so the unique claim that Christianity makes is that God is present in Jesus in some way that's new and different. 
there is a sense that God does not just exist in Christianity. God is here. When we're talking about all of these questions theologically, we're talking about our Christology, which is uh, Christology, like biology or astrology or any of those astrologies. We talk about a Christology to talk about who do you think Jesus is. And even in the Bible, there are different Christologies. We can talk about how somebody has a high Christology who believes that Jesus was God in flesh. And we could talk about how somebody has a lower Christology that emphasizes Jesus' humanity. And I offer that word to you this morning if you haven't heard it before or haven't explored it recently because sometimes it's helpful to have these labels, these words, to talk about what we're trying to describe. And I offer that to you today, too, because we are exploring this question. And I want to ask you, on this third day of January 2021, who do you say Jesus is? And if your answer, like Simon Peter's answer, is the Christ, what does that mean for who you are in the world? One thing that I have sometimes heard people say is that they don't really know how to talk about Jesus, the Christ. And I think it's because sometimes we have experienced uh, some of the harmful ways that this Christ idea gets used. It is a powerful idea. In some traditions, this unique message of Christianity, this incarnation of God in flesh, has become a litmus test for salvation and for your worth. And so it became a fence, a barrier, a way to keep people out and define who's in. And so sometimes we have trouble claiming our own unique experience of God in Jesus. Not because we haven't experienced it, not even because we don't want to experience it, but because what we have experienced or what we are looking for is an experience of love. And from that loving perspective, we recognize the dangers of building barriers to define who's in and who's out. Maybe then one of the most pressing spiritual questions for us isn't, is Jesus the Christ? Because we are here because we have somehow experienced that, even if what we have experienced is a longing to know that more deeply. The question might be, how do we claim this experience that we have had in a way that leaves room for others? The book that we read, Sarah's Two Nativities, starts to give us a framework. 
which is to recognize that different stories might point toward the mystery of God. And we could take that a step further by saying that the mystery is big enough for all of us, and that the transformative experience of God is more important, maybe, than the language that we put around it. And so we could believe that God was present in Jesus in a unique way. And we could still believe that God comes to humanity in all kinds of ways. That might be a framework that gives us a sense of gratitude and awe and wonder at this Christmas moment that we have experienced and are still experiencing but also lets us take that sense of wonder and awe into a bigger, more cosmic way. We might say that God's presence went so far as to be born into a human family at a particular time and place, but that God's presence might also choose to be born in countless other times and places. Some people describe this kind of view, this kind of theology or Christology, as something like a cosmic Christ or a mystic Christ. And when that becomes your way of understanding the Christ experience, the central claim of Christianity isn't Jesus is the Christ, and if you don't believe that, you're out. The central claim of Christianity is that the spiritual world and the physical world have been united. It's that God is present to us here and now and not just out there somewhere. And so in that way, we might begin to figure out how to recognize and honor and be grateful for our particular experience of God in Jesus, but also recognize that God's care for the world might not start or end with Christians. Theology is more like a painting than a blueprint. The way that we talk about God describes truth. And I believe there is truth in this experience. But it doesn't prescribe it. We can and we should explore and explain and share who Jesus is for us and what the Christ light means to us. But we can also recognize that we are not wise or powerful enough to tell God how to behave. And maybe to assume that our own unique or personal or true experience is the only way that God can ever be experienced. One way that we do this, that we enact this uh, particular and also universal love of Christ is at the table. 
And so as we continue to wrestle with who Christ is for us today and how we might come to know Jesus more deeply, we turn to this celebration of communion, remembering that Jesus taught us that when we do this, we remember him. And we ask our blessing that it may bring us closer to the Christ light that we seek.